welcome. If we have not met yet, my name is John. I have the privilege to be one of the pastors here. And if no one has said it to you, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Did you know that? I hope you knew that today was Mother's Day. If you didn't, you know, either, I don't know, I'm not going to say it. So hopefully you already told your mama happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's, a, it's a big day, right? It's a, it's a, it's a big day. We've got a lot to talk about today. Hope you're ready. Hope you packed the lunch. Uh, we're going to talk about mothers. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about Mount Everest. That's weird. We're going to talk about generosity. I don't know which one's weirder. Then we're going to talk about moms who generously are showering their babies with love and money as they sent them off to prom. I see some people that went to prom yesterday. Saw some cool pictures. Got another prom coming up next weekend. Mamas, oh, they all growed up. Mamas sending them off to prom. What else you want to throw in there? What else you want me to dig into one message, right? This is dealer's choice today. Uh, Rich Strike. How about that? Anybody? Hey. Right? Right? Seriously, Kentucky Derby, man, I, I got to tell you what, we're at Christine's and, and the shameless plug for Christine's. I love their fish tacos. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Um, we're at Christine's and, 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 you know, Kentucky Derby comes on and it's like 10 till the actual start of the race. And, and, and we're, we're joking. We're like, man, look, look at that. that. That one is like 80 to 1 odds. And I don't do math, Right? This is, this is shameful, but this is, yeah. I had to get my calculator out <laughs> to figure out what 80 to 1 odds would be if I put down like 100 bucks on it, right? I did not, so before you judge me. But here's the deal. It, it's 15 till, right? And, I, and I'm like, man, could you imagine? Like I, it, the app, you know, could, was like at my fingertips, you know, to set up. And I said to Kelly, could you imagine 80 to 1 odds? Like $100 would be then, you know, $810, right? right? And then $1,000 would be $8,100. Like, no, $81,000 if you would have put $1,000 on Rich Strike. So all the moms who placed a bet on Rich Strike and won big, dinner is on you tonight, okay? I see you. You buying me dinner tonight, okay? Wow. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Moms, uh, it's, it's a fun day, uh, you know, uh, to celebrate you. If no one told you yet today, uh, you matter. You matter. Um, but I need to say up front, you know, I was talking to a mom after service in our first service. Um, today is not always a great day for a lot of folks. Uh, family days like Father's Day or Mother's Day, um, for some, brings a different type of weight, and that weight is challenging or painful, and, and we don't want to miss that or not acknowledge it. And so for all the mamas out there that, you know, like you just had your first baby this year, I see you. I see you. I was playing with you before service, right? Like, right? Congratulations. We celebrate with you, first, first babies, First mamas, right? Those are in the trenches every day with their babies, you know, and you've, you, you carry the badge of snot, right? 
and spit up. Like, there's, you don't even bother anymore trying to get it off. It's just like, it's just there, right? You stopped wondering what is underneath my nails. You know, like, you just, like, we see you. We appreciate you. For the moms that this year was hard, and you walked a different path of disappointment or infertility, like, Man, we, we walk with you and we just apologize for the, maybe the way that we said things that weren't helpful along the way. We ask for your forgiveness. To those who lost a child this year, we grieve with you. To all the foster moms and the spiritual moms and the mentor moms, man, we need you. To those that lost their mamas this year, we cry with you. Uh, <laughs> to those that are expectant, right? They're, we anticipate with you. To all the moms, like we just, we see you and we thank you. And before I go any further, I just want to, I just want to pray for you. All right. So mamas, uh, father, we come before you right now, and I just, um, I pause, and I just thank you for the gift of mothers. For those that, even as I said those words, they said, I don't know if it was a gift. I ask that you breathe peace into their heart and into their mind, and that you will surround them with godly women that will reflect your type of love if that's what they did not receive. Peace is the word that I ask today that will just resonate all through this space. We lift up the moms. We ask that they have peace in their heart, peace in their mind, and peace throughout their nights. It's in your name that we pray, amen. I, uh, I am spoiled because uh, I get to celebrate two really awesome moms in my life. Um, my own mom, Vivian. Hey, mom. I know you watching, mama. I brushed my teeth and combed my hair today. I love that you watch all the time, and she always sends me a message. Oh, you did so good today. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, it, it, I love it. You know, I was like, I, you don't need to say it. I was like, you did so good. So, thanks, Mom. Uh, my wife, Kelly, Mama, Mama Bear of our two young leaders, Noah and Isabel. I love you. Thank you. I, uh, I am spoiled. Like, these two women helped shape me into the leader that I am today. Like, I'm not on this platform without these two women. So, Mama, thank you. Mama Bear, thank you. I love you. Right. You can clap for them, not by, like, sure, you can. Go do it all you want. There's a couple other mamas that I just want to call out today, and I just want to give a shout-out to. Um, and the first one is, is the, the most life-experienced mama. Uh, that's another way to say the oldest mom. So... <laughs> So uh, I, I want to know who you are. So if uh, let's let's turn the house up a little bit, and for, for my old eyes, um, 
if, if you're in the house and you are uh, over 80 years young, can you just raise your hand if you are over 80 years young, a mama over the age of 80 years young? I got one in the back. I got a couple. If you are over uh, 85 years young, keep your hand up. Back here, okay, over, over 88 years young. Go big or go home. Uh, over 90 years young, nope. 89 years young. 80, anybody else? I'm walking this way. Tell me if I'm wrong, people in the crowd. 89 years young. 89 years young. What's your name? Martha. Mildred. Mildred is 89 years young. Mildred, here's what I want to say to you. Thanks for putting up with all of us and all of our shenanigans. Um, if you like some LaRosas, that's for you, all right? And I got something else for you, all right? So I want you to, to spoil yourself. Don't let them take this from you, okay? That's for you, okay? You, oh, my gosh, yes. Go spoil yourself, girl. 89 years wrong. You deserve it. What's up, Dave? Hey, I'm leaving for Mount Everest, but we got to talk. <laughs> I'm just going to have meetings as I go, right? Dave, David, I'm going to try to get all my meetings in right now, all right? All my meetings right now. All right, so uh, let's talk about the youngest mama. So mamas who have the youngest baby, okay? So if you're a mama and you have a baby that is less than nine months old, raise your hand. All right, less than nine months old. All right, we got babies over here. Hey, one right here. Oh, you're about to stay right in the middle. And one up front. All right, less than, less than six months old. Help me out, crowd. Less than three months old. Less than two months old. Less than two months old. I'm walking this way. Walking this way. Less than, less than a month old. Hey. I'm good, brother. Hi. Hey. You better share that money with me from Rich Strike. <laughs> One month old? Where are we at? Two months old? Yeah, two, two, literally two. And, and one down here, too. Okay, how are we going to do this? Uh, let's see, eight, that's eight weeks. Um, seven weeks. Where are you, how old's baby? All right, all right. I'm coming down here. It's like one of those days at church. John's running. Hasn't stopped running. How old's baby? Eight weeks. What's baby's name? Adelaide. Adelaide, eight weeks old. All right, mama. Mama, here's, here's the roses. The roses. Now, this is, you can use this other one for like, um, you could do diapers, but girl, can you treat yourself? Can you can treat yourself? Okay. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, this one's cool. Uh, I mean, they're all cool, but this one's cool. This one's special. Uh, if you have fostered babies, um, let's say if you have fostered more than two babies, 
Raise your hand. Fostered more than two babies. I got one right here. Anybody else in the room? Check, check, check. Help me out. Am I going this way? I'm going to trip and fall on this camera. Now, that'd be funny. So last service, you said no, it wouldn't. Because <laughs> Emily's like, it'll go down on me. Last service, there was a mama who fostered 17. 17, that's crazy. Hi, Shannon. Shannon, have you fostered 17 babies? <laughs> she said, not yet, praise God. She said, not yet, praise God. Shannon, uh, all glory to God, not to you. You know this, you and Brad. How many babies have you fostered? They're on nine and ten right now. Yeah, praise God. So this is for you. This is for you. Brad, you're in charge of pizza. Allen, I don't know why I said Brad. Allen, because the spotlight's on me. I got names wrong. Treat yourself. And you're like, I know I can't take it. Yes, you can. So treat yourself, Shannon. Praise God. Nine and ten. That's awesome. I, D David and I were like, man, could you, like, could you, all the, ba like, hands going up for fostering last service. That was awesome. Um, mamas, just thank you. I, I just thank you. I love, I love that uh, we got moms out there that, um, uh, that are leading the way. Because uh, some of us, let's just be honest, uh, we don't, we didn't have that. And um, I, I appreciate when you see it uh, working right. So, um, moms are... They're the ones who kind of get, I won't say they're only ones, they're not, but moms at an intuitive level understand uh, what generosity is. You know, they understand generous because they first had to give, right? <laughs> at some point along the way, right? Like all moms are like, yeah, some point I gave you life, <laughs> right? And if your mom was like, mama, mom, it was like, I gave you life and I can take your life, right? <laughs> I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of it, right? Anybody else like have a mom like that? Yeah. Yeah, I love you, mama. Remember I said I love you? I'm going to give you some digs, though, today. Right. Yeah. It's Mother's Day. What, what would be a good Mother's Day if you didn't roast your mom, right? <laughs> like, but I deserved all the things that came with uh, raising an ornery kid, right? I deserved uh, all the paddling and the spanking. I deserved the beatings with the wooden spoons. Anybody else have a mom who's like the wooden spoon was their go-to weapon? Yeah, yeah. Shannon, don't raise your hand. Your mom's sitting right next to you. Like, y'all mamas that used the wooden spoon, y'all was like in the same class, the same militia. Like, you was militant. It was, it was unhealthy. But, you know, I, deser I deserved it. I deserved it. I did, mama. I did. Uh, even that day when I broke the spoon on my behind and then you went for your comb and you used your comb. So the hairbrush got me, got me twice that day. I deserved it, and I appreciate that you, were, you generously spared my life. <laughs> right? Like generous moms and a generous God, they got two things in common, right? They don't give us what we deserve. Right? I mean, right? <laughs> they don't give us what we deserve, Right? Like, even though we're a mess and even though we don't do it the way that maybe we should, like, 
Definitely not perfect. But at least with God, like even though we were a mess, in his love, he, he sent his son to die for us, right? He gave us new life. He, he gave us life. He, he, he gives and like us, like breath in our lungs, right? Food in our, in our bellies and on our table. And he gives us clothes on our back and he gives us the money in our pocket. Like, oh, you thought that like you're the one who put the money in your pocket? Really? Right? Because of the work you put in, right? Because of the talent and skill set that you have. That's amazing. Can somebody tell me? Like where those gifts and talents and abilities come from to make that money and to get that food and get that expensive gas? Like where does that ability come from? Oh, God. God's word, not mine. This is what God says. Every good and perfect gift, where does it come from? Yeah, it comes from above, coming down from God the Father. Right? Colossians 1.16. Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything was created through him. Ooh. Ooh, watch these next two words, and for him. And for him. It's all his. It's all his. You can wrestle, you can disagree all you want. He's going to win that arm wrestling match, I promise you. He's going to win. It's all his. Like, like, as much as mama may want to take that money and, like, think it's for her to go buy new shoes... The gift card is for you to get new shoes. That's just, just FYI, yeah, right? Like, it's all his. It's all, his, like, his money, his talent that he gave you that gives you the ability to make the money, his breath in your lungs that allows you to use the talents and abilities to make the money. Like, it's all God's, all of it. It all comes from him. At best, we are God's money managers, at best. And for some of us, that should terrify us, that we are God's money managers, Right? Like me, I can barely figure out how to move over, like, my, my money from my Venmo account. Like, I, I'm like, I struggle with that, and I'm God's money manager? Like, I, uh, yeah. And some of y'all are like, what's a Venmo? That's a whole other issue, okay? Yeah, just welcome to 2022. It's cool. It's fine. Like, the truth is, it, 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 there's this crazy, profound peace and freedom when we realize that it's not ours. When we realize that it's God's. It's, it's counterintuitive. Like there's nothing more freeing when we actually figure that out. And see, as God's money managers, he gives us like a principle, uh, you know, a principle of how to invest his money well. It's called the treasure principle. It's in Matthew 6. And Jesus is teaching all of us and all of his disciples on how to, you know, do kingdom money management 101, right? Matthew 6, 19, it says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For why? For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where my money is, is where my heart is. Where my heart is, is where my money is. It's just follow the money and see where it goes. So how do, how are we doing with investing God's money as his money manager? 
Like, are we investing in things that fade and rust and that will end up in a landfill? Or are we investing in things that actually, you know, um, you know, are kingdom investments for heaven? Like, what is the ROI on the, the investments we're currently making with the king's money? You know what I mean? Like, the kingdom return on that investment. What, what is it? Like, is the money going towards life transformation and bringing heaven to earth, you know, in our backyards and around the world and building the kingdom of God? Or is it building the kingdom of Disney and Chipotle? Anybody else with me? Like, I'll, I'll call myself out. Like, 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 yeah, like. In his book uh, by Randy Alcorn, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, like, he says this. And this is leveling. He's, One day, everyone must answer three questions. Like, where did it all go? What did I spend it on? And what was accomplished for kingdom for all eternity through the use of all of my wealth? Like there's going to come a day, right, where we're going to be held accountable for how we use the king's money. Like there's a teaching from Jesus um, that is both terrifying and motivating as a leader. It's found in Matthew 25, and Jesus tells this story illustrating the kingdom of heaven. Okay, he's illustrating the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's what you know, we talk about, we should be talking about, right? You know, uh, it's a story about a master who's going away for a while. And before he goes away, he gives three guys some of the king's money, all right? And in the story... Uh, the, before the master goes, he gives one guy five bags of money, and each bag roughly weighs like 75 pounds. So think, think about that, right? Like each bag, 75 pounds. That's all money. Boom. Cool. Right? So one guy gets five bags, one guy gets two bags, and one gets one bag, all right? And the one with five bags of money, well, he invests, and he, he, he like wisely uses the king's resources, and he turns that five into ten. And then the one who had the two, he wisely invests the king's money and uses it for kingdom principles, and, and he takes the two and turns it to four. And the one with the one bag, well, Scripture says that he got scared, and he hid the money in the ground. And the story continues, and Jesus says that, that, that after a while, the master returns. And just so you know, like in the story, like Jesus is the master, right? We're all on the same page. Like, so Jesus went away. He's going to come back. Thank God. Uh, he's going to come back, and, and he's going to say, hey, what would you do with what I gave you, right? And so, and this happens in the story that Jesus is telling. The guy with, you know, who turned the five into ten, he brought his ten to the king, and the master said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. And the master said the same thing to the one who took the two into the four, but then comes time for the guy who, who hid the master's money, and this is... What he says in Matthew 25, 24, the guy who hid the money, he said, I was afraid. Like, I was afraid I'd lose your money. And so I hid it in the earth. And I'm wondering how many of us hide the king's resources in the things of the earth and not in the things of heaven. He said, I hid it in the earth. And he said, so look, here's your money back. But then the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. 
And then he ordered that he take the money from that servant and he give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. See, God is looking for those he can trust to entrust more to. The king is going, can I trust you? Because if I can trust you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just unload as much as I can to you. But from those who do nothing, Jesus says, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Terrifying and motivating. Mom, this is one of those days at church where, like, remember when you used to be telling me something that, I, that like, was challenging and I just sat there real quiet? This is, like, one of those days. It's just one of those days, family. Like we, we used to need to have a heart-to-heart and talk about some truth stuff and hard stuff, but we'll do it in love, but just wrestle with some truths that are from God's word and, and, and wrestle with things that most people don't want to talk about, right? But I love you enough to shoot you straight and not sugarcoat it. Like we all need more friends in our lives that are willing to like tell us that we have broccoli in our teeth and our, and our fly is down, Right? We need more friends like that, right? Can I get an amen, right? We're we're a culture that no longer talks like that, right? Like, I need somebody to help me out. You know, like, if my fly's down, like, I already checked. You know, so, like, I'm I'm hoping somebody would have told me, right? I get it. Like, no one likes to be told that their fly is down until they find out that no one told them that their fly was down all day. That's kind of what today's like. We're going to talk about something that maybe we don't really at first want to hear about. The reality is that today is, is boils down to like two things really is whether we believe Jesus' words, Jesus' words, and whether or not we're going to obey them. It's really that simple. It, it, it's straightforward and sobering. Um, on one hand, it's kind of a challenging position for me to be in because I got to, like, hold myself to the same standards and principles and all that stuff. That's what comes with leadership and responsibility. But on the other hand, it's one of the easiest messages I can ever give because God's word does all the heavy lifting. I just got to point to his word. And I love you enough to tell you the same thing that my mama told me and what Kelly tells the kids. One day we're all going to have to reconcile what we do with dad's money. Right? Like, what do we, like, right? If he's our heavenly father, right? Like, what, what, what'd you do with dad's money? Right? Like, like, see, the game changes when you realize that you're not spending your money, you're spending God's money. You're spending dad's money, and dads always want their change back. Come on. And a receipt. Moms ain't like that. Moms would be like, here, baby, here's $5. Go get you some Dairy Queen, right? Get you a Reese's Blizzard, you know? You know, like, get you some Dairy Queen, right? Just keep the change, boo-boo, right? Yeah, thank you, mamas. That's why we love you, mamas. But dads, why are you stressing? Like, why? Just stressing, right? You got my change, boy? 
You got my change? Dad, it's like 52 cents. Where's my change? And a receipt. Punk. Just stressing about 52 cents. Dad wants a little bit for him. That, why, is he, why does dad want a little bit for him? Stress and money go hand in glove, right? Financial stress is one of the leading causes of divorce, relationship, like breakdowns, anxiety, and overall dissatisfaction in life. Maybe we should be looking at like how to move from financial stress to financial peace, right? Maybe we should talk about this more if it is affecting all of those areas in life, right? Like maybe we should see what dad has to say about dad's money and then maybe start applying those principles, and see, I think the reason that so few people take a step towards financial peace or handling their money or the way that God wants you to use his money is because we're afraid. We're afraid. Like, kind of like the guy in, in, the, in the parable. We're afraid of the what ifs, right? What if the money runs out? What if there isn't enough? Right? Like, what if there's another pandemic? Wouldn't have said that five years ago, but. <laughs> what if I lose my job? Didn't really ask those questions a couple years ago. Now that's a very real question. Or relationally, what if they leave? What if the market crashes again? What, what if I don't get that raise? What if they don't get that scholarship? <laughs> like these are real honest questions that we're all having, right? Especially the last two years. So, like, and so with all of that, like we've started to hold things a little tighter, right? Not because that's wise, but because that's what we do when we're afraid. What's your what if? You know, what's your what if that keeps you from, like, you know, using God's money for his kingdom? Like, and, and, and this is, like, people who are choosing to follow Jesus, right? If you're a guest today and you're thinking, like, man, y'all talking about all sorts of stuff. And, like, I'm so glad you're here because you're getting kind of a peek into this, like, uh, like, family conversation because you get to hold us accountable. You're watching, and I'm so glad you are. Like, do you do what they say you should do? Are you using your money to actually go after the lost and care for the people on the margins and care for the least of these? I'm glad you're here. Hold us accountable. Call us out. But for us who, like, choose to follow Jesus, like, man, we got to stop being afraid. There is no fear in love. We got to stop fearing, like, whether or not there's going to be enough money or enough stuff, like the fear to even talk 
about money in church in general has to end. Well, that's private stuff here on the west side. We don't talk about money. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. cool, you want to keep acting like that? Cool, that's cool. It's just not biblical. It's definitely not what Jesus says, and Jesus talked about it a whole lot. Really? Jesus was never afraid to talk about money. Besides the kingdom of God, stewardship was his favorite subject. He talked more about possessions and money more than faith, prayer, heaven, and hell. There are more than 2,350 Bible verses about money and how we should handle it. We do Jesus things in Jesus' ways, and maybe we should talk about how Jesus talked about money. And now we don't talk about it. It's cool. See, if we don't learn to handle our resources the way God intended, we'll never live the abundant and free life that God intended. Like if I could sum it up, right, all the stuff in the Bible, all those 2,350 verses about, you know, the money and kingdom, right? You know what I'd sum it up to? We are blessed to be a blessing. That's it. The blessing you have, it's to be a blessing to others. It's, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to build bigger barns. Blessed to build, blessed to put it in a storage, blessed to be a blessing. We're called to live a life of radical generosity as we follow a radically generous God. To live open-handed with all that we have. And I'm in this journey and I'm in this, in this fight with you. Like some things come easy for me and some things don't. Right? You need, you need my clothes? Man, I'll give you my clothes right now. You want the shirt? That'd be really awkward if I took my shirt off right now. They'd shut us down. Ain't nobody want to see that. What, what do we, you know? What do you need? What do you want? Most of the time, we struggle to even ask because of our pride doesn't even say that we actually have a need. To live this way, open-handed. See, when we open our hands and give the financial stress and, and, and pain and stuff over to our generous God, he replaces our pain with his peace. So what is for all of us? Everybody in here could take a step today towards like moving in the direction of financial peace. Every single one of us. What's one step you can take in that direction? Maybe it's just acknowledging that it's not yours. Maybe that's your step. Maybe that's your light bulb today, and you're going to wrestle with that. And you're going to go back and look at Matthew 6, 19. You're going to go back and look at these verses that, that we're getting challenged on. Matthew 25. Like, okay, I'm going to wrestle with that. Maybe for you, you've never actually, like, really given to a charity before. And so for you, man, go take, give five bucks to a charity. Like, I don't care what charity is. Go do it. Give it. Get into the discipline. It's like working out. and It's, it's a discipline. Awaken and charge that muscle. You'll get some muscle memory. Maybe for others, it's like I've never actually given, you know, to, to the local church. So, you know, I'm, I'm great. That's, maybe that's your step today. I don't know. All of us can take a step. Like, like, just some real talk. Like, if, if you've made the decision to follow Jesus and he is Lord and leader of your life, you know, you know that you should be investing into his local church, right? Like, you just. And for those that are like, it got real quiet in here, Kelly. <laughs> Mama, it got real quiet again. <laughs> like, 
Like some of y'all, you know, maybe you like, you, you remember, I'm talking like you, you raised your hand and said, I choose to follow Jesus, right? You know, like, uh, and you're like, man, that Old Testament tithe thing, when they bring up the tithe and the 10% goes to the local church, that's an Old Testament thing. And Jesus came and, and we got a New Testament and we're in the New Testament. We got a new covenant and we don't live in the old, but we live in the new. Praise God for his grace and not the law, right? Man, that's cool. That's cool. I used to think that way too, right? And then, and, and then one day, See, what had happened was um, one of my mentors said, that's cool, John. I'm glad you don't, you know, you're all about grace. Um, and, and you think Jesus doesn't talk about that. Can you turn, please, to Matthew 23, 23 and read aloud? And I was like, yeah, I can't wait. Matthew is all about, like, loving your neighbor as yourself and how we're going to love and love. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus said, of course you should tithe. Is that in the original language? It, maybe that's just in a different translation, right? Like, oh, man, Jesus said five little words, and he said it so matter-of-factly, right? Like, I hate it. I looked at all these different versions, right? And, and they all had this, of course you should. Of course you. Like, of, it was like, why do you have to say it like that? It's hurtful, Jesus. That's hurt. Like, of course you should brush your teeth, right? Of course you should wash your hands. Of course you should tithe. Of course you should call your mom on Mother's Day, right? Of course. Then why is it so hard for us? Look, I'm not telling you that as Jesus people, you should be working your way towards giving at least 10% to your local church. I'm not telling you that. Jesus is. Actually, if you really want to look at what Jesus says, it's actually a little more challenging than that. He actually, he challenges us to move away from like, you know, like every once in a while type of like thrown, uh, you know, a tip in. Like to, to, to moving beyond giving 10% or like to in Matthew 19, he kind of sets the bar to this radical generosity to, to chase after giving away all. Right? Like Matthew 19, 21, it says, if you want to be perfect... If you want to know what the standard is, right, well, I just want to know what the rules are so I can play by the game, right? Cool. If you, if you want the standard, go and sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. Can we go back to 10%? <laughs> the Old Testament instructs us to bring 10% to the local storehouse, to the local church, and then Jesus shows up on the scene and says, I want it all. Not because he's looking, you know, for 10% of your heart and your obedience. He wants all of our heart and all of our obedience. It's a heart thing. It's an obedience thing. It's so if you're struggling with this whole thing, like I'm just telling you from a, from, from a man, I won't speak for Kelly, and for, for, as, as someone who has struggled with this, if you want to move away from financial stress and all that that does to your every part of your being, the principle is right here. This is it. I no longer walk as, as, a, as a slave to that bondage of debt and fear because of these principles.
If you're struggling with this and, and you feel like you're like, all right, what's, the, what, what's a step I can take? Look, make a decision to give. Don't let anything stop you. Be resolute and start today. Today. Start somewhere. 0.2%. I don't care. 1%, 2%, 3%, 5 10 and move in the direction towards everything for the rest of your life and see what God will do. Watch what he does when you test him in this. It's the only time in the Bible he says, test me in this. Test me in this. And you won't be able to contain the amount of blessing I will pour out. His word, not mine. So start investing his money back into his kingdom, starting with his local church. If you don't believe, let's keep it real, right? If you don't believe that God is at work at this local church, then don't give here. Go to some other church and give there where you see God at work. You're not going to answer to me and the elders of Whitewater. Like, like, I don't care. You're going to give an account to the king, not to us. Follow his word. I was was looking around. I just saw some people, and I just just want to say to you, I'm not going to look at you because then you'll think you get the glory, and you you already know it's not about you. Um, But I'm not going to look at you so that other people don't think it's about you. I see you. More importantly, God sees you, and I just want to thank you for how you are leading the way and how you intentionally pour out what God has given you to build his kingdom locally and globally He sees you. He says, well done. Thank you for how you inspire me, and thank you for how you push me on this journey to be more of a radical, generous leader. Thank you. I need it. We need it. But, like, just just real talk, like, friendly, honest, like, I rarely get into, like, the numbers side of this ministry. Like, it's not my thing. Uh, we had like our finance team on the front row in the first service and they just laughed out loud when I said this because they're like, boy, you can't even do 80 to one odds. Like <laughs> numbers are not my thing, right? Two things I don't do. I never touch the money and I don't want to hear about the money unless I have to hear about the money, right? And when I heard that 67% of people that call Whitewater home give nothing, I was like, dang, that's not cool, <laughs> right? I was like, wow, that, can you go back and do that again? Like measure twice, cut once. Like go back and do that, measure that again. Run the number, right? If this was a family meeting, like our family, and this was real family, like grown folk talk, we'd be having a come to Jesus moment so fast. Like help me understand, help me help you. Like, again, these are like talking about folks that say, I'm here every week, every boom. I would have understood 25%. Like, I understand that, you know, statistically. 40%, I would have said that. 70 like 67 like zero. Zero? Okay, so just want to challenge all of us, right? Like, let's do better. That's what I tell my kids. Like, it's cool. Let's, let's, let's do better. Cool. Let's start somewhere. Like according to the most recent data right now, 
Yeah, let's do better. Yeah, you can clap for that. I ain't going to stop you from clapping. Let's do better. Like the average Christian in America gives 2.5%. Okay, 2.5 is better than zero. (laughs) Let's do better. (laughs) Like I'm just trying to keep it simple. Like, like, like John, we just came out of a pandemic. Take it easy on them, 2.5. Okay, cool, right. I hear you, boo-boo, right. In the midst of the Great Depression, Americans gave 3.3%. What if, as a bunch of misfits, we all just took a step towards moving from zero to somewhere above the national average? Cool? Cool. Let's do that. Because the reality is this. um, Like, I'm committing to this. I have room to grow in this. As a family, we have room to grow in this. As a ministry, we have room to grow in this. And we're committing to pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. Because we got a lot of dreams and a lot of plans to advance the kingdom in the tri-state and around the world. And to do that, it's going to require us to get out of our comfort zones. Right? And it's going to require us to steward God's dad's resources really well. It's going to require, like, pushing ourselves. Last week, uh, many of you guys were praying, and I appreciate it. Kelly and I appreciate it. Like, we, we, Kelly and I pushed ourselves to get out of our comfort zone, and last Sunday, we ran a half marathon, the Flying Pig. And I was like, yes, I'm still tired. I haven't ran that long since I used to be running from the cops. Like, just, this is real talk. I, thank you, officers that you serve. I appreciate you, but I used to run from you, just keeping it real. Like, that's the only time I used to run like that, like, but as a grown man with a lot of baby weight, like, <laughs> right? Like, I had never run that long. Man, it was so awesome to run with you. Like, just, just running together, uh, it was so awesome to share the experience with Kelly. And, and, like, two reasons that we ran the pig is first because two years ago, Kelly, she, um, she ran her first marathon in Orlando by herself. And she said it was just miserable. She said she'd never do it again. So I'll never do that again. And there's just this desperation in her eyes that was so frustrating as her husband. She was like, I won't do it again because, like, like, you know, you're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, she didn't say it, but that's what her eyes said, right? Like, and she was right. Like, there was no way. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm so sorry that you can't find somebody to run with you. <laughs> so I made a commitment to myself that I would do something about it, that I would push myself to become something more, push myself out of my comfort zone to be able to join her one day in a half marathon. And praise God, we got to do that together. Second reason, like, we ran the pig is because I made a commitment to Kelly and to the elders and our team here that I would be in the best physical shape uh, that I could be in, not you, I could be in, before I went on a different kind of adventure to push myself yet again outside of my comfort zone to do something crazy for the king. This time, it would take me not to the other side of uh, Cincinnati and downtown, but this time, it's going to take me to the other side of the world as we climb up Mount Everest. And 
Yeah, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm terrified. No. <laughs> like, why in the world are you going to go up Mount Everest, John? <laughs> well, a lot of reasons, actually, you know. Primarily, first and foremost, it's because myself, Joe Porter, and seven other pastors from across the country believe that Jesus meant what he said with his words when he told us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to care for the orphan and the widow, to care for the least of these, and care for the poor and the displaced. And so the nine of us set a goal to raise a half a million dollars to plant new churches all across the world, to reach thousands of children and families living in abject poverty because the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ is huge and the need for the most common necessities is huge. And new churches in areas where there are no churches addresses these issues. And you have to address both. You have to address the physical as well because the growl of a starving stomach can deafen even the greatest news. And so we're going to plant as many churches as we can in areas where there are no churches to address both the physical and spiritual needs because it matters and it's what we should be doing. We can't just look at what's going on in our backyard on this side of 75. You know, just for a little perspective, right, the median household yearly income in America is over $67,000. Contrast that to the over 700 million people living in the world right now with, on less than $2 a day. Their yearly household income is $730. We get that. Like, how many times that in one paycheck? See, to the standards of the world, we are the elite. Right? Like, we may not feel rich. But compared to the rest of the world, when we open our eyes to the world, we are rich beyond measure. If we make more than $34,000 a year, we are in the top 1% of the world. So what are we going to do about that? <laughs> right? That's my mom would always be like, so what are you going to do about that? See, for over a decade, Kelly and I have been investing into church planning and into caring for kids and families living on the margins. The, like, the horrific and heartbreaking stories that we've been invited into, they echo in our hearts. You can't get some of this stuff out of our minds, right? Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. There are images that have been branded on our soul. Children in the streets. Moms being forced into horrific conditions like working 12-hour days in back-breaking heat for $2 a day. Like, I'll never forget, we're, we're in the middle of, the, of South America. We're like, we join the moms in one of their daily tasks, and we're digging clams out of the mud, right? And we did it for like four hours, and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to kill me, right? And, and they do it 10 hours a day, and they make two bucks, See, I could share all stories like that all day long, right? But I'm not going to. Like, see, in time, I want us together to create some new stories that us, all of us working together to make a difference in these communities and countries around the world because to whom much is given, much is required. 
Sounds like something Jesus would say, Luke 12, 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. There's over 5.4 billion people in the world that don't claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. The local church is God's plan A to spread the gospel. We need more churches out there doing the work of Jesus Christ. That is why I'm going to Everest. That is why we are going to start as many new churches as we can. I don't want God's money burning a hole in my pocket when it can be used to light a fire in somebody's heart. The need's too great. We've been blessed with too much to not do something about it, right? Mama Bear is one of her favorite movies is National Treasure, right? She, she loves that Nick Cage, right? Uh, and, like, there's this great line in that movie, right? It, it just resonates. It, it levels me. Those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action. It's funny how that echoes the words of Jesus, to whom much is given, much is required. So, what are we going to do about it? (laughs) Right? Because those people living around the world, right, our brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters, not those people that don't have names, our brothers and sisters that are living in abject poverty, they deserve to hear the good news is Jesus Christ just as much as we do in our beautiful $25 million facility. That's a hard one to clap on. I get it. Because God didn't just sacrifice for us, right? God sacrificed his life for the whole world. For God so loved the, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the, but to save the, So as people who claim Jesus as king, we give because he gave. We love because he first loved us. We go after the lost around the world because he died for the world. So I want you to know, like it's crazy that I would step away at such a time as this in the middle of succession, in the final lap, right, in the final turn of the final lap, but this trip was planned so long ago, and we were supposed to go last year, and then COVID and all that COVID stuff, so this is when it is, and God's in control, not us. That's the lesson he's teaching us. How could you leave right now? Like, Because God's in control. The government sits on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, not of man. He's the one in control. Go build my kingdom. So I want you to know that that, that whenever I challenge you to get into the fight, whatever that fight may be for the king, I want you to know in this fight for generosity to make a kingdom difference, to step out of our comfort zones, to use well what the king has given us, I'm not going to just put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to put my life into it in every way I can. My whole being, and whether that's on the side of a mountain or a side of a street in Cleves or downtown Cincinnati or Covington or Coleraine or Newport or wherever God may lead us, 
It's the whole self. And I will not ask you to go someplace that I won't go first. So to all of us, if any of us has a material possession and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with action and in truth. Together, stake in the ground day today. I'll see you in a little bit. I'll be back. As I thought about what is the message to share on the, I won't say last Sunday because that feels really weird. What, what is it? This is it. If we learn to do this with everything we got, I know what, the, I know what God, our Father, I know how Dad's going to respond. We'll, we'll be just fine. Together, let our actions show the world how much God's people love the world. Together, let all of us leverage all of our collective wealth that we've been entrusted with to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not just our backyard, but around the world. So, Father, I ask that you... Uh, do a mighty thing in our hearts first and that will radiate out. That we will repent and we will turn and how we use all that you have entrusted us with. Father, you know my heart and so I commit to repent and to boldly chase after a radically generous life. Father, I ask that you will move mountains in all of our lives. And that when you do, we give you all the glory and all the honor that you truly can do all things through us. That nothing is impossible because of you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.